0: sinners choosers lovers dreamers hypocrites cynical bastards and frozen chosen all over the world welcome to choose your own religion my name is joe thank you guys so much for tuning in once again it is a pleasure to have you listening if you're listening well you are listening you wouldn't be here you wouldn't be understanding this message if you weren't listening haha i got you uh, welcome to the show Uh, This is the show where me and a guest each week talk about whatever religious stuff we grew up with or we've gone through. And then, do we belong to a religion now? Is spirituality just a made-up concept by Barnes & Noble? And every week, we make up a new religion uh, every time the guest feels up for it. Because it would be weird to voice that on people. This is a special week for me. Uh, As a lot of you know, I grew up, my dad's a Presbyterian minister, so I was like hardcore into that world. So, so many of my friends... Uh, My first 20 years of life were Presbyterians, and ever since I started this podcast, I was really worried about how that world would take it, and I still am probably overly paranoid and overthinking it and uh, making it a bigger deal in my head than it actually is, but it still bothers me. That's what anxiety does, and I think what gave me a lot of anxiety about Presbyterians in particular was that just by the nature of doing this podcast, it seems like I'm distancing myself from that world. And it's really hard to say I'm not. Um, But I guess that's what I don't like about even the label of I'm a Christian. I'm a Presbyterian. I'm a whatever. uh, Or even I'm not a Christian. Even assigning myself that non-label. I think while they are necessary to communicate and to organize, they're just not the truth of who we are as people. And they're not the truth of how we relate to each other. And... Uh, maybe I'm feeling a bigger distance than even you guys feel, but it's a, it's a distance I want to close up, and I don't want uh, those old ties to go anywhere because I, I really was fortunate to grow up in such, uh, such an amazingly overall positive and beautiful uh, version of Christianity. So like a good interfaith conversation, I just want to keep a dialogue open. So... I was really excited to have somebody from my old Presbyterian world, a uh, super talented musician Bear Stevens. Uh, and he's somebody I've known, as we talk about, for over a decade, and it's been so cool to watch him grow as a dude and a musician, and I'm proud to call him my friend. And I'm going to play for you guys a clip uh, from a song called Less Traveled. Holy shit, that was beautiful, right? So go to BearStevens.com, buy his album, and check out stuff from there. And if you like this show, you can find me on Facebook. You can go to ChooseYourOwnReligion.com, Twitter, Stitcher, iTunes, Windows Store. Uh, You can find it a lot of places. And so to all my Presby's out there, if you're listening, I miss you guys. I love you guys. I haven't hugged a Presbyterian today, and that needs to change. Please, even if you're by yourself, in your car, or you're about to go to bed, wherever you are, and however conscious of a state you are, please give it up for Bear Stevens.
1: Allow the soothing music and uplifting affirmations to center your heart and mind in an awareness of God's love. Wake up, my dear sinners. Wake up from your deep rest. Won't you say your prayers and know that you are blessed? I love you, oh, but Jesus loves you the best. And I hope that you choose your own religion.
0: What's up, dude? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. It's so good to have you on this thing.
2: Yeah man uh and it's like really been a lot of fun listening to uh kind of the evolution of of this podcast. I think it's a really really cool idea and uh, man I'm glad that you asked me.
0: Thanks man. Really well good to be here. Yeah. it's uh you're the first musician I've had on and uh maybe the first uh I think maybe the first presby from my life too. Yeah. yeah, I've
1: had a lot of
2: fun. Like since we scheduled this, like thinking back, like how long I've known you. Like we've known each other eleven years,
0: a ba- at least. Well, we've known each other well. I think did we meet maybe briefly earlier because of our sisters? Yeah, yeah, but like really knew each other for like eleven years.
2: The funny thing about the the Presby world is that you like a lot of people you know of them and you maybe know their face before you actually meet them. So I think that might have been yeah. the case with
0: us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And well you were always a uh, you were always the guitar guy for sure. You're always well,
2: Yeah, you know, I was thinking about like my spirituality growing up as a kid and a lot of it was kind of centered around music like because I loved music, I found where I could be musical in church and that kind of stirred my steered my faith, you know.
0: Yeah, well your whole family is really musical, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, so my parents both have been teachers in public education music teachers for you know 30 plus years yeah. and my sister is a music educator now and married another so,
0: music educator yeah
2: so they uh yeah it's it's all that my sister and i ever ever knew man was yeah to play music and then you know to teach it
0: by the way that uh, i still think back to that uh that dave matthews concert in the uh in raleigh north yeah. carolina and i i dave still has a i don't listen to much dave anymore but he still has a A special place in my heart because i feel like he was like my gateway into fish a little bit yeah like like, he was like a little soft intro to jam bandish uh type music
2: yeah and i was like so i was so enamored i was playing way more drums then i was so enamored with carter
0: oh sure yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that dude
2: i i mean yeah i think that you and i listened to a whole lot of him back then and not so much now but
0: (laughs) yeah well i still remember uh your Your sister and uh, her – I guess they were just dating at the time. They weren't even – they weren't engaged or anything. But it was, like, pouring rain in Raleigh, just, like, awful, awful downstorm. And then uh, they – we got – we all entered this raffle just on a whim. They, like, move up to the fourth row. And uh, Eric won it, but then he gave it to us, like, to move out from the lawn, (laughs) out from the rain into the fourth row. He's like, nah, cool, let the kids have it. Yeah, he's like,
2: these young kids love this band so much more than we do. Like, (laughs) my girlfriend and I can stay out in the rain. (laughs) I mean, he wasn't wrong about that. (laughs) No, he was not. (laughs) I like, I remember having the thought when his, because they called, I guess we put our cell phone numbers in and they called his Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember being like, oh, man, like, I so wanted it, like, either you or me to get called. But yeah, he obviously was super nice to, to give those to us
0: yeah yeah, that was so cool so like when did uh did you go so we met we primarily met at massonetta uh what's the is it rich what, what's the official name of that place massonetta like
2: uh massonetta
0: springs conference, conference center. center yeah sure <laughs> um
2: yeah and it's uh in harrisonburg
0: yeah yeah and for uh for people who don't a lot which is going to be most people who don't know what that is it's like a uh it's like a little, just a little mountain retreat in uh, the Virginia mountains, where they would have these uh, youth conferences for middle schoolers, and you went to it as a middle schooler, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there three years of middle school, and then you know, you and I worked as high school counselors.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just rem- okay. like both as a middle schooler, and then even more intensely as a counselor. I just remember, and they were only like the conferences were only four days long, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: but they felt like like two weeks of your yeah, life. Yeah, like by. you like.
2: Yeah, like, met all these people and, like, fell in love with them and were best friends with them by the time he left.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And I I just remember that being my first, like, taste of utopia a little bit. Because it was just, like, no mom and dad, all your friends. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have that experience, too?
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, actually, I recall... I mean, they call those like mountaintop experiences, right? You know, in the the (laughs) world, like these little, these little moments in your, in your life where you go to this incredibly, uh, this incredible moment where you have, you know, you're around the people who think the same way you do, you know, and everything's great. And you're like, why do we have to go back to the real world? Right. Um, so yeah, 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 like I actually, and I remember thinking like, as a kid, as a middle schooler, how it affected me way more in terms of friendships and, like, crushes on girls. Oh, yeah. So many cute Presby girls there. (laughs) In sixth grade, I remember um, another kid in my youth group just being, like, the day that we left, he had made a connection with some girl, Uh who lived in some other town in North Carolina, and I remember the day that we all left, like, the entire ride back to, to Asheboro, he was just... It was as if, as if his dog had died, man. He just was so <laughs> sad that he had to leave this girl. And this is like, you know, yeah. in two, 2000, we're like, we don't have cell phones yet. Like, AOL is not something that's, you know, a yeah. thing anymore, like texting or any of that. So he just was like, I'll never see this girl again. Mm-hmm. And like how, I don't I don't know what the word is, just how, uh, how he you know visualized it and like built it up. I mean you're 12 years old, dude. <laughs> oh
0: yeah, man. Well, I went through like the exact same thing. Uh <laughs> for sure. I remember some girl from Florida. Uh and I remember like we were trying to like uh me and my group, we would kind of uh kind of like as as groups, kind of like now when you go out to bars or whatever with like a group of friends and then you see like another gr- group of friends uh like of girls or whatever. Uh, and, and then you sort, you all sort of interact together. And then you sort of identify, like, oh, maybe there's a little bit of spark here. I just remember like walking through like the cafeteria too, being like, oh, is she checking me out. Is she checking me out. Is she checking me out. And yeah, it was so distraught after that little four days. I I don't even think I got her screen name for in, for uh, AOL instant messenger.
2: Yeah, I mean, literally, <laughs> you think that like your world is crumbling. Yeah. Because you have to leave this place. This like place where you're like, oh man, like God is cool. Girls are cute. <laughs> you know, like mom and dad aren't here exactly like you said. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. That's a great way to to think about like
0: And that was like the, that was a like, taste like, of utopia, you know. Yeah, and that was the first time that like I wouldn't say that even I, I don't know. I wouldn't say that God was like still cool back then. Like it was still kind of like weird. I felt kinda like weird and dorky going back to like let's say public school like it still felt weird to be like into God. But yeah. but that was like the coolest <laughs> uh experience in terms of being like, Oh, maybe maybe this God stuff isn't so so lame after all.
1: Well it's the
2: thing that you know, you're in this space, you're in this community where everyone technically like you assume that everyone thinks the same way you do, so like it's definitely cool there to go and like, Hey, hey, God's cool. Because everyone else is like, Hey, God's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Versus school where you don't know. Yeah. Some,
0: somebody may, you know, call you an idiot or whatever. Right. (laughs) Right. And I, it's like, it's so interesting as like what your spiritual life is like, even as a middle schooler, because I think for me, I was just, you know, at any given point you feel like you've really internalized it and made it yours to some degree. But I think, I think a lot of it was just like, you know, I was just like mimicking what like cool sound, like, like wise sounding things from other people or like, yeah. you know, it was really hard at such a young age to really make it your own. I mean, if you, you've been doing, you've been going to, ch- if you were like me, you were going to church every week for a long time and Sunday school and all that. So you had like a good, you know, a uh, baseline understanding, but I just, it's like still, I don't know, it was still powerful for a lot of people, though. I, I think it felt genuine. It didn't feel false or anything.
2: No, I don't think so. I mean, I definitely never felt like, oh, I'm, you know, playing a game or I'm putting up a, a front. I mean, my, you know, your dad was a pastor. My mom has been a like the church organist at the church I grew up in for 25 years. Uh huh. So, So, you know, it was just like that was what we did on sundays sundays was go to church and you know praise the lord and and uh you know and then and go to sunday school and youth group and all that stuff so to me it was just a part of life and it was not false or anything it was just like oh this is what you do just like you go to school just like you eat breakfast right yeah.
0: <laughs> right um, and then was that what uh so when you do uh, when you decided to become uh an enabler as they call the uh the high school leadership Still, still yeah. wonder about the name calling it yeah. an <laughs> the greatest name ever. Um, was that I remember my sister did, it and your older sister did it, so I think I primarily did it just because I might remember my sister having a great time,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that was exactly it. And at that point, you know, we were going to the high school camp at Montreal College, right? So we knew what that felt like, like what again, what that you know, possible utopia feeling felt like, yeah, and just this incredible, like whatever you know mountaintop experience and so yeah i wanted to be a part of that and be a leader and help you know i I did i did want to like help middle schoolers uh in their you know walks of faith
0: yeah now do you remember because i remember i don't remember any specifics of any kind of drama as an enabler but i remember there i vaguely remember there being some drama right like but like it was like it felt like Oh so we were there for what a total of like eleven days, twelve days or yeah, so. Yeah. And it I felt like a roller coaster of like beautiful coming together. Sometimes honestly I feel like most of the, the drama was like, Does he really like me? Does he really not like me? Is this gonna be yeah. a thing after like, Yeah,
2: just the generic uh you know It's a, oh. <laughs> like being yeah, like being an adolescent, like yeah you're like standard church camp, you're if you're working at it, you're like thrown into, you know, A building where you're like a dorm or whatever or a house where you're living with everyone else who works there yeah and so yeah you're like thrown together for almost two weeks Uh uh-huh and yeah you're you know you're a 15 year old 16 year old kid so yeah yeah yeah. I mean hormones are rolling and whatever and and it's um, (laughs) yeah it's almost dry yeah for sure I mean we're kids we like over you know we blow over things we like blow things up like out of proportion
0: yeah Um, or just if I remember like i don't know at times it felt like uh like some of not necessarily while i was there i didn't necessarily think of it in this way but like there's almost like a certain level of uh spiritual peacocking that goes on i think as like a teenager like dude like how can i like what's the way to like sound the i don't know the most uh, to like impress uh, how do you impress a uh a religious girl yeah you know yeah of
2: course, you want to, like sound like the most wholesome guy ever, I guess.
0: I mean, you uh, had a guitar, so that was just like <laughs> that, that was just ready made for you. That you didn't even have to do anything. <laughs> except, well, I mean, except for playing extremely right, well, right? Right. Yeah, it, I guess
2: so. Uh, yeah, <laughs> guys
0: like me, we had to we had to be funny. We had to work, <laughs> but yeah, man. Um,
2: but you were. I mean, you also. I don't know. Would you have said that you were pretty musical as a kid growing up as well?
0: Uh, well, I was uh, forced to take piano for, like, <laughs> until middle school. Yeah. and then But I you s-
2: definitely were – I mean, you definitely appreciated music. I mean – Oh, remember, I love music. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. not to mention, like, you know, the music you're into now. But I remember meeting you, like, our similarities and, you know, taste in music, like you mentioned Dave Matthews' band. But even, like I, – I, I'm pretty sure we both were like Broadway musical nerds back oh, when we were for kids sure. too. Like,
0: oh yeah, dude, that was my oh. that was my uh, my thing. My I guess my version of peacocking is wearing like Rent shirts and like Phantom of the Opera shirts. <laughs> yes, dude, go, go so for like, those musical theater yes, girls. <laughs>
2: yeah, like the Avenue Q shirt is your guitar. Like, that's right. I, I got the guitar, and you, you're like, hey, have you seen that Broadway show with the puppets?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, this guy's into dirty puppet musicals. He seems pretty cool.
2: It's art, man.
0: Yeah. Um. And then you ended up. So I kind of after after high school, uh, that's sort of where I started dovetailing. But you started. You you kept. You came, You came back to Massanetta and to Montreat as well, right? As a. As, uh, yeah, in-
2: I I went and just like I would. I've visited Montreat a few times. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so you know that that church camp. Scenario is is for middle schoolers, and then high schoolers can be a counselor at it, and then they have other types of leadership. Yeah, they got like the keynote speaker and the the music leader. So I've led music at Massanada twice in the last ten years. Uh huh. And what was Um,
0: what was that like? As uh, what how is that experience different than being the middle schooler or the high schooler?
2: Um. Well, I I give you like a little bit of backstory like when when i got in college i started playing music in a church in winston-salem but i but i definitely was i think that i think that the term going through the motions Mm. is is not fair but i think that it gives you an idea i mean like i told you earlier i music was my strong gateway to to church Mm. like oh great i mean i can still i can still make music i can still um, you know, be practicing and, and be getting better as a, as a musician. So I went to church and and played music in the church uh, when I was in college and then afterwards in, in Winston-Salem. But if I was honest with myself, you know, if I wasn't going to play music there, I probably wouldn't have gone.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and I, I kind of felt the same way about Massanetta. I mean, at, at that point you're, I was being uh, paid to come and, and lead music there and, um, like I said, it was still a way to be musical. And I mean, I, I enjoy that community. I enjoy, uh, being positive. I I think that, I think that you and I were, we're pretty fortunate growing up, uh, in the Presbyterian faith because we're, I mean, it's a pretty forward thinking, uh, denomination. Yeah. You know? Uh, and so I'm, I'm, I was always very grateful that I had friends that are, I mean, I have friends that are ministers now as I know you do too. And, you know, you can talk to them about real things and in, in, in the Presbyterian faith. You don't have to, you know, hide hide every day, like, real-world stuff. Right, them. yeah. Um, And that, so, yeah, so it, it was different in that, you know, you're more of an adult, <laughs> and so you're not, you know, you're not uh, that drama that you mentioned as, like, a middle schooler or a high schooler where you kind of um, <laughs> make things more than what they are. Yeah. Or, or make them different than what they actually are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're you're level headed. You're there to you're there to do a job. You're there to be a you know a pillar, a, a leader, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so it's different in that way. Um,
0: would it's you always see, a, I mean, would you see like your own? Would you? How, would you like watch the the high schoolers especially and just sort of see like the, the little dramas playing out just to like bring you right back?
2: Yeah. So so a friend of ours who. Uh, you know was was it a counselor with us has been there the last few times that I've been there as well and so time I watch you know something that you know the high schooler would would do whether it was you know being traumatic or whatever you kind of look over at each other with the same way that you look at a high schooler now in everyday life and you're like man what an idiot like I wasn't I'm sure I wasn't like that. Like, I'm sure I wasn't <laughs> that small, like that nerdy whatever. Yeah. Um we were like look at each other and be like, man, like we weren't. Like when we were here, we weren't like that. We weren't. Of course not. But <laughs> well, maybe we were, man. Like, <laughs> um yeah, you definitely still see that and maybe it's worse because of technology. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's, you know, like they got phones, they got Snapchat now, like. Yeah, yeah. I- I'm curious. Wow, like being 10 years away from when we were in high school, I mean, if you really think about it, it was very, very different than it is now, man. Just think about like, oh yeah, Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter. <laughs> yeah, you, know? you
0: could you you could go these days through one of those conferences and just be buried in your phone the whole time.
2: Yeah, as as you know, is, is the rest of life too? You know?
0: Yeah, yeah. And now I'm curious. Um, so you said it wasn't not exactly like going through the motions, but it was kind of uh, kind of adjacent <laughs> to that earlier yeah
2: I, yeah i mean when i when i got to college um i you know i i don't know i just was like okay my parents aren't here it's time to right. you know just do whatever i think is important and uh you know like going to church every sunday wasn't one of those things sure yeah um i was studying music in college so i was trying to be a better musician i was trying not to you know fail out uh-huh. <laughs> um uh you know, and I just was interested in, you know, being what I thought was a normal person who was someone that, you know, didn't wake up and uh read a devotion every morning, you know.
0: Right. Yeah. That's I think college is where a lot of us start yeah, because we don't have that the the parents making us do it. I mean I stopped going to church every morning, every Sunday, yeah. even though I was with my Presbyterian group on like Thursday nights, uh the Sunday morning thing was the first thing <laughs> to go out the window.
2: Yeah, of course. And yeah. and the and the like you know, partying on Friday and Saturday night was the first thing to be added. Right. <laughs> like, <so> obviously, <laughs> right. like Sunday morning is not something you're gonna get up for.
0: Right. Yeah. Now, how often would you? But so, like, I remember you playing uh, a cover of uh, Nickel Creek's "Doubting Thomas" before. Now, I think when you originally played that, we were probably both we were both in full massinetta, like full feeling it mode. But um, how often? How often would you channel like like your doubts or like your own like even if you're not going to church or even if you're like going through emotions or if you're not feeling whatever about it I mean it, would you still return to music as like as a thing or would you use music to sort of escape that too and would you like play uh, all kinds of yeah, stuff
2: I would say a a pretty even mix of both scenarios I mean there were there are times when music is very, very spiritual for me, when I feel like I want to, to be away from everything that I, you know, was taught as a kid. And when I just want to think of spirituality as in like taking care of the planet that we're on, like the space that we're in, Mm -hmm. uh, and the time that we have, uh, in it. But then there are other times. Yeah, for sure. Uh, actually it was like going through a nickel Creek, uh, relapse, uh, (laughs) a few days ago and like and that song came up man i remember you know that i used to play it and that's a great song yeah oh it's a it is a great song um it really is uh yeah so there are times that i uh certainly use music as as an outlet to to still question i mean i I question all the time man. yeah Um, what i'm feeling like every day and then what i felt when i was a kid like what i was taught to look for and to 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 call out for and yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> um,
0: but and so uh, going back to um to like so you went to into school of the arts and see school of the arts
2: uh i lost that last part
0: oh you lost me okay
2: yeah
0: okay um
2: that entire last going back whatever you said oh, okay, going yes, back to sure,
0: um, <clears throat> so going back to to your time at college so you you were at school of the arts for a while,
2: yeah and in, yeah in Winston Salem
0: yeah um but then if correct me if I'm wrong did you did you leave before graduating to pursue your own thing,
2: yeah 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 so uh, the correct terminology Joe is uh, I I got done with school in two (laughs) thousand and nine. That's what I told uh, that's what I told people when they asked, you know, if I didn't, you know, feel like getting into conversation with are you, you know, at school or Yeah, I was studying classical singing Mm -hmm. at school of the arts and so I was on a track to to go to grad school after that and then get into young artist opera programs from there. I mean that's the track that, Mm that I was on. And and really, the entire time I was there, but more uh, at the end of my second year, going into my third year there, I I really I'd always uh, written songs and played guitar, and I grew up playing uh, percussion and drums as well. So I always loved uh, songwriting and and playing my guitar and singing. So I got to a point and talked about it uh, with my with my folks multiple times over a year, and and I got to a point where I decided, okay, I'm gonna take at that point you're calling it taking time off
0: right it's know? like when you take a in a relationship you're like let's go on a break yeah like <laughs> just the, the soft breakup
2: <laughs> everybody's worried about what that actually means like
0: as they like, should be because yeah, yeah.
2: Like, so shit, is a break like forever or you know how long is a break? Like, is it two days just i what? just
0: need some more time <laughs> yeah. yeah
2: so i needed time uh, from college and i i always knew um I remember sitting down at, like, Thanksgiving and telling um, uh, all my grandparents, like, telling them that I was uh, going to take time off from college, and that was one of the hardest things I have ever had to say to them. And yeah, uh, my, my grandfather looked me in the eye. He was like, I took time off and worked at a post office uh, from school. So, you know, everybody was very, very supportive. And so I, I left school and started uh, recording uh, this, like, pop southern folk music that i've been writing and that was 2010 mm-hmm. and since then i've uh, recorded music and uh been touring uh full time since 2013. Uh, book my own shows and and drive wherever that, uh, i want to and you dude, know dude, that's and, so cool yeah, man. Play shows, yeah it it um i moved to la man and, and in 2013 right. and tried to get into different things with music, tried to get into like songwriting and publishing. Uh, And while I was there, a a one month tour Mm -hmm. kind of set itself up in front of me to to do. And so I did that and I was like, man, I'm just going to keep doing this instead of, you know, paying what it takes to live in LA and not be like, I was paying, I was working and not making music when I was there. Yeah. Yeah. So I decided Okay, I can be on the road and basically be nomadic, and I I have since since then since like Thanksgiving of 2013, I've been pretty nomadic and like playing shows eight to nine months a year.
0: That's so awesome. There's so many like, I mean that phrase like leap of faith is sort of I don't know maybe overblown, but there's some there's sounds like you've made several just kind of like gut leaps of faith that I think uh, I don't know it's. I don't know if it's something that's common to artists or, or what, but what do you think, um, like how, when you decide to make a decision like that, like I'm going to, I'm going to be done with college, or I'm going to like leave LA after, you know, a little bit of a, a stint. I mean, what is like, is it just like a gut feeling? Is there a prayer involved in that at all? Or what's, what's, what's like, what led you to make each decision? Was it just so? Sort of- uh,
2: honestly, if both of those instances i was already kind of separated from this idea of prayer this idea that someone besides me and those that are important to me can
1: mm-hmm. can
2: give me a uh, a logical and <laughs> yeah. reasonable you know uh yeah yeah thing to you know uh, an option and so at that point uh It was it was just like I've got to do this if I if I don't make something drastic happen and and Los Angeles I was really interested in the West Coast but it was also I mean like at that time I was in Winston Salem it was like if I move six hours to Nashville it'll be very easy to like quit and come back right so I I drove across the country in the in the hopes that like I would I wouldn't you know cave Uh Um, and then choosing to to tour full-time from then, uh, was not, you know, I didn't look at it as caving. I looked at it as the actual thing that I wanted to do.
0: Right. Right.
2: Um, and, and you yeah. just,
0: just went for it. And so what's, uh, when you're on the r- road, how many, like how, what's your like average, like sleeping situation look like?
2: Um, my average <laughs> sleeping situation, um, is either a couch or
0: like,
2: <laughs> it, it, yeah. yeah, I would say the average sleeping situation is a couch or like a blow up mattress or a futon, like that yeah. type of thing. Um, every once in a while, probably 20, 30% of the time I'll splurge on a hotel.
0: Uh uh-huh.
2: Um, that's actually one of the most coveted endorsements i think that like an independent artist could get would be <laughs> like would be like a hotel Oh endorsement. yeah because if you're able if you're able to to travel and to play shows each night and you're able to know that you have a private clean uh cat free in my situation <laughs> space to sleep i'm like so allergic to cats man um if you know that that would just make your life so Uh, Much easier. Yeah. To be like, okay, I've got this show. Like, maybe I have to be up till two in the morning, but I know that I can go to, you know, Super 8 or whatever it is and and be by myself
0: Uh and
2: be clean. But there are a lot of really cool outlets. I mean, Airbnb is an option. I I don't use that very very much. Mm -hmm. A lot of times I book shows, and at this point, I I know I have friends or family or friends of friends uh, in towns that are adjacent to, or, you know, where I'm playing. So most of the time, uh, people, friends and family are putting me up out of the goodness of their hearts. Um, and then couchsurfing.com is, a is an outlet that I use the other 30, you know, 25% of the time. And that's, that's a, a company that has, uh, giving people the option to to reach out to others who mm-hmm. want to open up their home uh, to travelers, and so the idea is that you can you can open up your home uh, to a tourist who's coming to visit. If you live in D.C. Uh, and someone from England comes over, instead of booking a Hampton Inn, you know they can stay with you. You can open up your guest room. They can stay yeah, with yeah. you. You have the option to give them a tour so they're not just doing typical things that they would do if they you know, booked a hotel and, and mm. were on their own. So they can get a uh you know, a locals perspective of what your town is and then the idea is that they would return the favor to you.
1: Mm. Yeah. Um yeah.
2: then you could go, you know, to England and, and stay at their place.
0: It's like a co op version of Airbnb.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is and it yeah, and it's something that's totally free and it, that people do out of the goodness of their hearts and people do because they want to have interesting experiences. They wanna Yeah people from all over and they you know, they just wanna be kind. It's really, really cool, man. I've stayed um I've stayed in people's like barns, people that have farms, I've stayed on people's blow up mattresses, I've stayed in people's guest rooms. Um, lots of nice folks out there man
0: yeah well that's what's so cool i've been thinking about as you were describing these they're really you're really (laughs) living off of so much generosity i mean there's so much beautiful uh yeah generosity out there that is literally like supporting your ability to to do this
1: yeah
2: yeah and it you know you mentioned leaps of faith and whether that's something that's Uh, only, you know, only thought of, you know, for artists. And I don't think that it's necessarily that, and, you know, you don't need it either, but maybe it's, maybe it's more thought of for independent, you know, business owners, people who are self-employed.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I think we all, we, we can all, uh, not, definitely not just artists. If I said that, I definitely misspoke. Um, Yeah. uh, No, 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 no. But no, I, it's so every time I think it's like, especially if you're not, Maybe the difference is that like somebody who has a, a more of an artistic path a career has had has had more practice taking leaps of faith before, but it doesn't mean there's like that everybody yeah. else can't make them too in fact, oh, of the, course yeah yeah i mean what have you from because you've you've probably been in how many states have you been in by now
2: I think like thirty five oh, no. um, wow I also in the last years i've also taken contracts as a singer on cruise ship
0: oh yeah yeah
2: um yeah so i've done that to uh it's it's a financial decision that i've done you basically go on for like four months and you you sing every day on this cruise ship yeah um but it's like financially i've chosen to do it uh twice in the last two years and then also i mean i've been in all these other countries as well, man. I spent two and a half months in the Caribbean. Um, I got back in at the end of May from, from January to May, I was in Singapore, uh, Malaysia, Vietnam, Thailand, Mm -hmm. Australia, Fiji and French Polynesia, and then Hawaii, Vancouver and Alaska, man. So like, yeah, so 30 States. And then also these, these countries where I've been able to, to be a visitor of, while playing music on a cruise
0: ship. What, that's so cool. What, what is the primary difference between like playing music for people on a cruise ship that I'm guessing most of which haven't heard your stuff before you're they're essentially strangers and you're sort of like, but you're, you have booked shows at those, right? Like there's a certain yeah. time. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Repeat that again. I, I lost you one more time. Sure.
0: Yeah. No, it's uh what's the primary difference between playing, uh, playing for a cruise ship where most of the people probably haven't heard you before, don't really know you, but I guess they haven't, there's like, you're the the entertainment or whatever for uh, that, that time. And that versus like when your fans or people who do know you come out to see you.
2: Yeah. So, right. So that's that I think of the cruise ship as a, as a corporate gig. So, Mm. So, Uh, I'm singing and I'm doing like 20% of my own material. I'm playing. I'm I'm, ma- I'm mainly playing James Taylor and you know Van Morrison and the Beatles and whatever. Yeah, I'm yeah. Playing you know covers for people to come into a bar on the ship mm-hmm. and enjoy their evening and hear a song that they know. Um, so that's one thing. And and you're right. Uh, you know people come in and uh, my stage name is is Bear Stevens. So so people come in and they and they like. You know, I say, hey, you know, my name's Bear Stevens, you know, from North Carolina. Uh-huh. Hope you guys are having a nice time or, you know, whatever I say. And no one's like, oh, yeah, I like I paid to come on this cruise to hear <laughs> this guy <laughs> play this James Taylor song. No, it's like versus the show that I book uh-huh. primarily in America where, you, you know, you book uh, two weeks worth of shows and then you're reaching out to, you know, your listeners in those areas and it- saying, hey, I'm, you know plan come out come out of this show so it's it's very very different and the the, the age demographic is different on the cruise ships uh uh-huh. the national the the nationality demographic is is very very different as well
0: have you uh would you get like would you be friends with like the crew members like how how is that i'm just so so fascinated about like it what, what life is like for like four months on a cruise ship
2: yeah <laughs> i could talk I could talk about pros and cons for a long, long time. It, I mean, as the musicians, are crew. Uh, uh-huh. So yes. So I lived, I lived among crew. It's basically, it's basically like a college dorm, like the smallest college dorm you could imagine. Um, and then you go to work. Uh, you know, a few, a few decks <laughs> yeah and then you come down and like you're just around the same people all the time man so it's it's very college-like and that you see the same people every day that's my wild. school of the arts was like 1100 kids so uh-huh. smaller than my high school so you think about it like that you just you see the same faces yeah. every single day um and- yeah it it's pretty wild it, it it's it's just it's very uh it's not anything like normal life any like even the most even the most uh like big city uh you know studio apartment type of life where you you know walk to work the same way every day you eat the same apple every day like it is so far removed from even that type of lifestyle uh huh um just because you can't go anywhere
0: right uh, right and uh would you make would you ever like Make friends with like, or have like a really interesting or powerful connection with some of the, like the passengers, or like, yeah,
2: yeah. So yeah, you do the the cruise ships that I've been on. Those the cruises are in between ten and fourteen days, so you have time. And I play like two three times a day, so I've got time to meet people. If someone likes my sound, they come see me multiple times a day, multiple times a cruise. Yeah, um, I've and I've had people that I met on the cruise that have come see shows later, like, yeah. like shows in Virginia, shows in uh, you know New York and that type of thing. So that's been really cool, too. So it's very different in that it's uh, I, I call it a, a corporate type of gig for me. And and people might walk away from their cruise and never, ever think of Bear Stevens's music ever, ever again. Mm-hmm. But there are these small instances where someone's like, man, I really like, you seem like a really cool person. I want to invest in your music and they come see a show in the future.
0: What, um, what do you think is like, I mean, so you say you have like a, you know, a spirit, kind of a spiritual connection with your own music or that's like sort of your sense of spirituality. And that's still true now. Yeah. Yeah. More so than like formal church.
2: Yeah. Um, my, my entire family, man, are, are very, very spiritual my both sets of my grandparents are you know like every time i see my my grandmother she re, you know reminds me that <laughs> our family goes to church and like that's what we do and yeah. you know th- that type of thing like uh so i'm still very much involved and i i never no matter what i decide that i believe i would never ever be the person that talks shit about christianity yeah. or, or removes myself from it and looks down on it
0: right because,
2: because my entire family uh follow that and that to me like looking down on that is saying that what they may think is stupid or wrong or, or whatever um but i i definitely i just have lived the last um uh, phase of my life just basically not worrying about it you know
0: yeah yeah I,
2: I I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to make up a, de- uh, you know, a decision to make up my mind.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, and I think especially if you're on the road all the time, it's really hard to like really make. Even if you wanted to join a church, it would be really hard to like have any kind of like deep roots in any of that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I'm never there. Uh, yeah. I would never be there. Uh, um. Yeah. It'd be hard. It'd be it. I could see how it would be fun to visit a church in a different city every Sunday. But, yeah. Uh, uh, that's just, that's not something that I've, I've been doing. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I guess I'm curious. So then when you, when you have like with your fans or, you know, whether they're cruise ship or how, however, you met them. Um, I mean, what do you, so is, do you think of like your kind of musical connection to them as another, like, you know, cause we, we each have our own personal individual kind of sense of spirituality and our own sense of like, whatever that means to us. Um, but, Something that I've been tripping out on is like me. I really feel like I need a some kind of some kind of spiritual community, um, and it's something I've missed for a long time. And like missed in the sense of that I haven't consciously been like, oh man, I miss my community. But like I realize it's been an an element that I think would be really good to have back in my life. I I hear it enough from every other from all these sources, all these people who are not even Christians who are just emphasize like it's it's important to have a I don't know a group of like-minded people i mean do you feel like your fans are sort of in that sense like a sort of an extension of your own like quasi spiritual community in a sense because they do resonate with your music um i mean maybe it's I'm not w- that that maybe sounds a little intense <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but, but, <laughs>
1: but yeah i was
2: calmly i was calmly gonna say i've never really thought about it like that i would say that i i might agree with you in that sense that y- you mentioned how you're how you may miss that sense of <clears throat> of community i i feel that way sometimes too uh now one thing that i do feel like i get a strong spiritual community is in my my other musician friends
0: mm, yeah when
2: i'm able to to get with them and not even not even if to not even to make music but just to be around them and to Know that their brains work the same way, you know, similarly to mine musically. Just to be around them and to 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 have fun and enjoy each other's company. That's an outlet that I I often think of, and and if I don't get enough of it, you know, in the month I I I miss it.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes Um, definitely makes a lot uh, of sense. Yeah.
2: When I'm on when I'm on stage, and I I I just am so much trying to just convey the story that I'm telling to, to the people that are listening I, I, I mean, my, my goal is to, you know, have someone, uh, receive a, a song and a story that I'm, I'm telling them for it to move them in some way, you know, even if it's negative.
0: Yeah. I hate
2: <laughs> saying that, but like, you know, one would say, even if it's negative, it still moves them, which is kind of bullshit. But, um, <laughs> you know that, I mean that like, my goal is to move people in a positive way. Yeah. Um, so I never, I don't, I don't ever really think about imposing on their, you know, their spirituality. Yeah. From that focal point, um, I just have never thought to to do that, or I've never thought that way.
0: Well, I just, uh, you know, as a as a comedian, whenever, you know, the best there's like a, there's often a difference too. I I wouldn't say the people who like my comedy or my spiritual community either. Yeah. Um, but there's something really cool about the live experience when it's like, when it is working really well, when you just feel and that's when it is working. The best is when I do feel connected, like you can feel, you can feel like, and then th- when it feels the worst is when it's for lack of a better word, a disconnect when this just yeah. you feel like you're not the things you're saying are not clicking with them. There's not genuine, maybe and it's often on my part, like the, the initiator of that, like yeah, I'm checked be, out yeah. a little bit or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, how, what is that? What is, what's the feeling when you're like, I don't know, I'm just picturing, all I'm picturing is like some, some hot babe like sitting on a cruise ship, just sitting there like all doughy eyed, like <laughs> all into your music versus like the drunk in the back who's not paying any, any attention. I mean, how do you, right. how do you adjust accordingly?
2: Well, um, in that scenario, I I'll I'll call it a a corporate gig one more time, but in that scenario, I'm kind of I'm there to do a specific job. I'm there to like I'm there to sing, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oasis or whatever. So it's like, so in that sense, I'm a little bit removed because I'm not giving them my songs. I'm not giving them my soul. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I'm giving them, you know, my take on James (laughs) Taylor's soul or whatever. (laughs) You know. Yeah. Um. So in in that instance. You know, maybe, maybe you look at someone who seems to be enjoying what I'm doing and it's like, ah, it's really cool that they are, are into my sound. You know, the, the drunk guy, like, you know, sipping on PBRs or whatever. It's just like, you know, you, <laughs> there's always going to be that person. There's always going to be the person staring at their phone. There's yeah. always going to be the person like talking to their friend right in front of you. Right. While you're, you're singing in the quietest song you can. Um, now on the road, um playing playing a show at a a music venue (sighs) yeah it's different because i am offering them something that i have created Mm. Uh, and it's very very different in that instance and there there are venues that people show up to when they're not they're not coming to see you they may just be coming to a bar that has a stage and there's someone playing music there that night so it's hard to get mad at that guy who shows up and is like i'm just coming yeah to have a drink with a friend like i didn't come to see you um in instances where you know people are showing up like specifically to see you whether it's to help you out because you invited them or whether it's like they want to hear your music yeah yeah if you have if you see that you know there's a negative response in one person yeah that's a bummer Uh, (laughs) but at the same time though if you feel like you've got the entire room um you know on on every word that you're singing yeah that i mean and that's an incredible feeling, and I've never, I've never felt, oh, man, so spe- spiritual in that moment. But it could be that I just have never put
0: that word to it. Yeah. Well, what, what's like the difference for you between playing, like these, like I don't know, Massenetta or like, like these are maybe slightly larger crowds or like a theater type theater audiences versus like maybe just the handful of people. I mean, do you feel? how do you adjust uh to playing those different types of environments
2: um the the most people that i've played my music for the most people i've played a show for has been like in between 250 and 300 so to give you just a to, yeah yeah to just give you a scale what i'm talking about i'm not talking about you know
0: thousands a million or whatever yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah that's that's not where we are
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: um so uh in that moment um uh, I've, I've been aware that there are a lot more people there. So I've been aware of like you would, like you, like a stage actor would do like you would do as a comedian. um, You know, like movements may have to be bigger. A lot of people think that the sound needs to be bigger. Mm. um, Which I think is true in some instances, you know, uh, if you go see, if you went and saw Mumford and Sons eight, eight years ago at a small club in D.C., it was just the four of those guys mm-hmm. if you go see them now at a big pavilion that's got you know 5,000 15,000 people watching they're gonna have a, they're gonna have like another drummer like they're gonna have a full backing band because they want that sound to be bigger to reach every single person right um, and that's just kind of the way the music industry goes. I mean that's kind of like rule one if you're playing to more than
0: yeah yeah you
2: know, a thousand people have a full band. Uh, unless you're, you know, unless you're James Taylor doing a solo show.
0: Yeah. Now, do you feel any like more or less connected when it's like a bigger? Because I don't know. When I've played bigger audiences, it's like they feel like one more big blob that I'm relating to. Like it's a, it's like almost a single entity that I'm yeah. having a a, a relationship. Like it's a the relationship changes. Whereas when it's a a smaller group, I feel like I have maybe twenty individual. Uh, relationships going on yeah, or whatever. Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. And and one of the one of the coolest type of shows I get to do on tour is a house concert.
1: Mm-hmm. You
2: know, where it could be anywhere from five people to like forty people,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and those to me can be way more intimate, and I can feel much strong, much more strongly connected to thirty of those people uh, than I can. At a, at a larger show, and I actually think that this is something that plays in as well, whether or not you can see people's faces, you know, if you've played yeah. shows where, where lights are on you so intensely that you can't see anyone, that's hard for me.
0: Yeah, um, yeah me too.
2: Uh, versus like sitting, you know, in a house and people being like lined up and in seats and on couches and stuff, and you can see the emotion on every single person's face. Yeah. That that to me is like so much more rewarding.
0: Yeah, no, me too. And it, I think it's going going back to like connection. I think those are things that facilitate a connection. And then when I literally can't see them, I just feel so like so alone, I guess, for lack of a better word. I feel like it's it is it's me putting on a performance versus me like ha- commuting and <laughs> communicating with people.
2: Yeah. Hey, like, I mean, to me, yeah, to me... I want some of the music to be responsive. You know, I want to feel the response that people are, are giving. And so, yeah, if you can't see. Yeah. Claps, probably, foot stops. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And well, and also just like inaudible face emoting and, and responding. Yeah. And, uh, responses. Uh, and I, I'm sure that comedy is a little bit like that as well.
0: Yeah. So are you, are you planning on, you have any plans to get back out on the road anytime soon?
2: Yeah. So, uh, my girlfriend and I are relocating to Durham mm-hmm. actually in the next couple weeks. So I will be Durham local for a few months just to get us, you know, get us on our, on our feet, get everything moved in, mm-hmm. um, enjoy the, the community that we're moving into, mm-hmm. uh, for a little while. But yeah, uh, probably at the beginning of the, the next year, 2017, I'll be really focusing on getting back out there i'm working on some uh new recordings as well right now so i'm trying almost think of it i think of it as almost a relaunching yeah Um, i've kind of had this summer off where we've been anticipating this move and now it's happening and and so i've got to kind of stand back up on my musical feet Mm -hmm. uh, i'll be putting out new music in the next few months and then getting back out on the road
0: with your uh How have you, how do you feel like you have evolved in terms of the songs you write from whatever you're working on now versus like a couple years ago from when you were younger?
2: Yeah. Um, I put out a a record two years ago that, that was, that kind of, uh, it it kind of pinned my move to LA and then my decision to, to leave LA and to be on the road Mm-hmm. Um, and I I love those songs a lot, and and I'm I'm really proud of proud of them. The stuff I'm working on right now uh, deals with uh, some some stories of of people making big choices, kind of like that. Mm. Um, also, I, I wrote a lot while I was on this last cruise ship contract, and I was away from my girlfriend for four months, so a lot of my songs are touching on that. I'm also doing a lot of historical writing as well. Um, I've always loved history. I thought about majoring in history for about three months when I was 15 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I I, I love uh, staying connected to to our our history and been writing some songs that that are uh, real life uh, story. Yeah. Stories about people of our of so that's a lot of fun too because I'm able to step aside from uh you know I'm not writing a, a story a song that's about something that has happened to me I'm writing about you know this person from you know wherever yeah uh in the past
0: That's uh that's cool. How do you feel when um I don't know, I think I felt this more intensely when I was first starting off in comedy and doing bits about my life and then all of a sudden it's like this thing that happened to me i'm now i've i first have to contextualize it in whatever way i'm going to contextualize it and then i present it and then it's like a thing that no longer belongs to me and it's like it was weird like having that idea of having your life on display it's like almost like shit i mean it's sharing your life um i mean has that ever made you feel like weird or uncomfortable like having like a song about like i don't know a, a a breakup or a a tough relationship or something. And then you, somebody like either connects it in a way and you're like, which can be beautiful. And it's awesome when somebody really, it really resonates with them. And then when somebody's like, eh, don't care for it. I mean, how has that been for you?
2: Uh, I try not to think about that too much. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, man. (laughs) No, man, no, it's good. I, I enjoy, you know, I, I enjoy penning something that I went through in the hopes that someone else can, can relate to it. Mm. Uh, and I, I don't always worry too much about whether people relate to it or not. Um, you know, when someone does reach out and is like, yo, this song, I listen to the song all the time. This, I, you know, whatever I back in June or whatever I was going through this. And I listened to the song because it helped me that, is a really cool moment in time and i just relive that uh, right. yeah. versus wor- worrying about you know the negative all right I, right i don't know aside from aside from someone you know coming up to me and be like there is no reason that you should ever make music again which has never which is never ever happened to me but aside from that fear that that someone thinks that i should you know never ever pick up a guitar or open up my voice to sing ever again aside from that i really don't often worry about neg- you know negativity
0: yeah you seem much more mentally healthy than i do so that's a, <laughs> that's a good thing
2: <laughs> maybe just as a front man i
0: don't know <laughs> i don't know i i think uh i think comedy can lend itself to uh like a negativity bias at times where it's like yeah. we, we want to look for for the the what's it the gray the gray lining on <laughs> the silver cloud or whatever you want to yeah. call it well and and i man i i listen to a lot of comedy and I listen to a lot of
2: podcasts instead of listening to other people's music. I certainly love, I mean, I certainly listen to music, but I oftentimes it's a podcast I'm listening to or, or comedy. And so I know there are differences in music making and in, in comedy, because you bring this, you know, this half hour, this hour of stand up, and you present it however many times, but then you do have to set it free and basically, Basically, can never really perform it ever again. Am I right in that?
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, if you were to, yeah, put out a, a, yeah, like an album or whatever. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. If but even if you, like, even like the guys who, like, the big, big guys who go and tour Mm -hmm. all these cities, they're not gonna go to Philly a second time and basically give them the same material.
0: More or less, yeah. I mean, some people do if you do it on a long enough time line that maybe doesn't matter because you'll have some people who've never heard but yeah, there's cause so because because so much of comedy relies on like surprise, sure. uh it's really hard for a joke to work when the same person so many times unless the performance of it is so killer, which it can be I've I mean I've heard some bits a thousand times they make me laugh every time. Yeah. But
2: well and it's interesting I don't wanna get off my my point. I'll I'll say that and so the other the other side the music is that you know, people like the Dixie Chicks just played in Raleigh, man. Like people who listen to those songs in the 90s when they were written, like when they were recorded, are coming back out and paying who knows what for ticket to hear them sing, you know, God would take me away or yeah, yeah. run, whatever. The, you know, they're coming back 20 years later. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are a little differences like that.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's because like so many I think people fall in love with comedians because they fall in love with their point of view for whatever reason. Yeah. Um which I don't know if that's different from music. It's just that with comedy we it's like we have more of uh we just talk more <laughs> we have more of like specifics on our point of view where like maybe music it's like an emotion you resonate with them emotionally uh yeah. in a lot of ways too but yeah. um so it can be i think it can be weird as like over the course of your uh I guess this happens to art music artists who change their sound drastically too you know it's like if you're going to evolve a lot as an artist you're going to lose some people who aren't who are no longer on that same wavelength
2: absolutely and and maybe in comedy more people are relating to your comedy that they love and they they put that on your person they put that as to like that's who you are yeah versus a song is not always that's who steven is
0: right right yeah that that part trips me out too uh it's cuz I'll I'll sometimes I'll try stuff that's like I don't necessarily think represents me or what I believe all the time and then it feels like I have to own it for forever yeah. and I hate I hate that yeah. feeling. <laughs> but yeah,
2: uh, I'm sure, man.
0: Yeah. Um all right, so we're we're at that point of the show where uh where the gimmick of the show um which is I I got a bullet point of list to help you uh, make up your own religion. Again, it's gonna be as serious serious or as completely silly as you want it to be. Um right. maybe based on stuff we talked about. Or not at all. Uh so and it can be a variant of any of anything. Existing thing. So uh in this religion, uh what is uh what kind of god structure is there? Is there a kind of like classical Protestant one god? Is it many gods, like a Greek system? Uh is there like uh like a specialty like gods that are like they have like they specialize in skills or whatever? Or is there no god like Buddhism?
2: Uh let's have yeah, a multi multiple gods.
0: <laughs> cool. Alright. Um what's uh what kind of like overarching ethos uh would you want for
2: like the like
0: the like the like take the yeah like what like what's like the one takeaway message you would want you would want it to have like the main thing
2: uh the main point would
0: would be to
2: you know above all take vacations
0: <laughs> yeah all right you you seem a, a little satisfied with that answer
1: <laughs>
2: i'm like half satisfied with that answer yeah i when when we started talking about thinking about this i was you know we've talked a little bit about cruise ships and and people who like people who cruise very frequently there are some people who cruise the entire year who basically just hop from cruise ship to cruise ship which is I don't really understand that. But so like there so so I was thinking about like oh a religion that would uh,
0: like a cruise ship religion.
2: Yeah, yeah, or like that the cruise ship is the god, you know, or that like this company is the
0: like each know, of the cruise lines with. are different gods. So <laughs> yeah, like Carnival, you,
2: yeah, you go to those 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 gods for different things or whatever, you know. Okay. Um
0: we can go in that. Uh, we can go <laughs> we can roll with that. Yeah. Um,
2: Yes. So the ethos then would would be, I guess, a little bit different. Um, I don't know how much of that that we just talked about you want to edit out. But, um, yeah, I mean, to me, it would just be like the ethos would be like cruising is God. You know, like
0: (laughs) if you're not cruising, you're losing. There you (laughs) go. you're not cruising you're losing <laughs> tight um are there yeah that's
2: it right there if you're not cruising you're losing well
0: that that, that kind of uh covers our next part which is are, are there any rules uh sounds like the main rule is cruise uh or else <laughs> yeah. you will lose
2: yeah so i mean rules would be you know to, to 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 get on a cruise ship as much as possible in your life like the more cruising that you do like the the better chance you you have, uh, you know, at the end of your life Yeah. at, at, at turning into a cruise ship.
0: Mm-hmm. At turning into a cruise ship.
2: Yeah. So this is a religion where at the end of your, um, physical life, if you, you know, if you cruised enough, if you, <laughs> if you brought in enough, yeah. uh, you know, cruising, uh, accolades, then you would turn into a cruise ship, which would be like, you would turn mm. into a God basically.
0: Yeah like your own floating yeah you turn into your own i think that's a, is that a is that a mormon thing i don't know i don't want to speak out of turn <laughs> like, no, i don't either I, <laughs> I don't want to speak out
2: of turn either um so it's a form of reincarnating i guess
0: yeah okay you know? yeah so you say yeah you do enough good cruise enough uh have enough fun on those cruise ships yeah
2: yeah and like and like if you you know the since since i you and i both grew up uh you know, Christians, we think of heaven and hell as like, so if there's one, there's got to be the other. So maybe, uh, maybe the hell would be like a rowboat. Like you turn into a rowboat. You. <laughs> that would yeah. be the worst. You turn into some type of boat and the best would be a cruise ship. And the yeah. worst would be like a, be a rowboat, like <laughs> Yeah. It'd be like a sweet yacht in the middle. That'd be like, yeah, you, you know, you did okay in your life, man. You didn't cruise a whole lot, but you cruised enough <laughs> Yeah, like middle of the road.
0: Yeah. I think uh, hell would be, being on a rowboat in a pool in the middle of a cruise ship, but you can't actually leave the rowboat. You're just stuck watching everybody else have a great time. Yeah. That would like, be hell to me.
2: Like, yeah, you've got the pool and and you have like, you're on a rowboat that's in a a kiddie pool. That's right. Floating in the actual pool. Right. But you, you can't go anywhere.
0: No, there's nowhere to go and you can't, you can't leave. And you're just watching all the great cruise happen all around you.
2: We got to think of a, like what would the name of this religion be like, Oh, like, you know, Oh, I'm a Mormon. Oh, I'm a, you know, Buddhist. Oh, I'm a, I'm a cruiser. A, yeah. A, a cruisist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, that we can cruisist works for me, man. <laughs> um, and you know, are there any holy texts in this, in uh cruising?
2: Yeah. Yeah. They're holy texts. Um, never, never tip your servers. <laughs> <laughs> um. Always complain.
0: Mm-hmm. Any kind of yeah. uh, any kind of like pamphlets or books or magazine kind of like like scripture wise or.
2: Uh yeah, you've got uh, <clears throat> you've got these texts that you read on like, uh you know what's the appropriate size bathing suit to wear mm, yeah depending on your size and you know whether or not you tow that line or you yeah and they're you know, they're all the rules
0: they're in the rooms when you when you check in yeah yeah
2: yeah <laughs> and there are other other there are other things like uh you know just yeah to me to me it's like hospitality industry is what you know cruise ships are like a hotel and a casino like yeah. on the water so
0: Hospitality. Nothing's ever
2: nothing's ever good enough for anyone, you know. And ho- like people who are, mm-hmm. you know, receiving service for something, mm-hmm. you know, like oh, this, you know, this pizza's burnt, or <laughs> you know, this room is not clean enough. So it's yeah. The more you complain, would 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 also bump you up in in,
0: <laughs> in the ranks to becoming you to know, be- a, cru- a better cruiser. A God, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, and so we kind of this kind of answers some of our questions in terms of like, you know, where would this happen? Obviously on a cruise ship covered that. Um, what, uh, and your community would be your fellow cruisers for that, for a given cruise. Yep. Uh, they have youth group, they have like a kid thing, right? They have kids corners and like, kids. yeah, they
2: do, man. They have uh there's like youth staff there. So you can, you know, your kids can go do stuff while you're like getting hammered in the casino. or whatever. Yeah.
0: It's like the cruise ship form of Sunday school
2: yeah and so there's like xbox 360 in there there's some arcade stuff there's Mm -hmm. uh, they'll like send them on scavenger hunts where they have to like walk around the ship and ask adults for things which is exactly what the adults want you know right (laughs) like like i'm sending you this kid so that you don't bring him back to me and you're like bringing him back around adults oh my god like hey
1: where's the painting of the
2: ballerina you know next to the piano
0: (laughs) Well, you're all you're doing is just you're teaching them how to be better cruisers. Uh, yeah,
2: exactly. Because then they're gonna grow up and they're gonna be like, "Oh yeah, this stuff is normal."
0: Yeah, and, and you know, I'm sure some kids will unfortunately fall fall by the wayside and just want to be landlocked the rest of their lives. And those are the saddest <laughs> uh, the saddest cases in this religion. Yeah. Little do they know they're gonna be rowboats when they <laughs> when they pass. they yeah, dude,
2: like, "Good luck, man. You're gonna be a rowboat." <laughs> <laughs>
0: um is there any kind of uh outreach or marketing or evangelism to uh to those who are uh, landlocked
2: yeah so you uh like once a year you know you should take a trip to like at the farthest inland that you can go Uh uh-huh
0: yeah Nebraska. you gotta
2: reach out to those communities man like um, spread the the good news yeah the folks that have never even seen ocean water
0: yeah and then because that's your duty to help save yeah, them. Like, yeah.
2: Yeah. Come join us. Like, would you like to take a cruise for like 10 grand for two weeks? Come join us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's uh, definitely got the money part of religion covered, too. Um, yeah, man. <laughs> so we, we came up. Are we satisfied? Because the, the, usually I save the title for last, but we sounds like we were already go cruisist.
2: Yeah, I mean you're a cruisist, so the so like, what we are we gonna call it like, cruisism? Sure, man. Or uh, yeah, cruisism.
0: Cruisism. Well, dude, this is the that was the most fun I think religion I have made up <laughs> in a, <laughs> quite a while, uh, and uh, it's uh, all reality based too.
2: Yeah, it, they, it's a real thing. They just don't have a name for it. Like they don't know it.
0: Yeah. Well, dude, thanks so much for coming on. This was uh, a lot of fun.
2: Oh, man, this was great, man. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. So that's the show. Bear Stevens, thanks so much for coming out. If you all like his stuff, check him out on bearstevens.com. Buy his album. Buy a cool shirt. Uh, If you like this show, Facebook page, Stitcher, iTunes, subscribe. Leave a rating or review if you're feeling like a sweetheart and a real diehard chooser. But if not, I still love you guys, and uh, peace out.